How many of our compromises harm us? Some in ways we don't even realize. God's word is counter to culture. It calls us to die to self, even though survival is at the root of our nature. Today, we're talking about how we can counter the culture we've been raised in and instead cling to Christ. Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. Are you equipped for the real battle? And the spiritual is not just about your weaponry. It's about what you consume and who's calling the shots in your life. You are listening to the Pantry Podcast, Season 7, God Intentions, where we look at the way we live and ask, is this from God or do I just think this is good? Help us fuel 59 countries with spiritual nutrition. Donate on Patreon or thepantrypodcast.com. And now let's dig into the meal. Do 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 dear Jesus. Do 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 Matt look imagine if every day was Jesus' birthday. What a thought. Celebrate, a celebrate, act Holy Spirit, activate, celebrate, celebrate, <laughs> Holy Spirit, activate, 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 Holy Spirit, activate. Activate. All right. No, hey, welcome. Man, it is exciting to be here. That is my catchphrase. But anyways, it is cool to be here. And I I was just going to throw it out real. This has been one of those episodes where you sit back a lot and you're like, how do we present it? Like, how do you really bring it out in a way that's loving yet challenging and at the same time showing that there are two sides to our lives? Yeah. Um, One side... That is definitely heading in the right direction. Hey, whoo, the whole, right? And then you have the other side that is constantly coming against us. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we have to understand this. And so, you know, this episode is actually called Counterculture. And as Christians, as believers, we are definitely counter to culture. Um, culture says a lot of things that do not align with the Bible. They say that some, this, this thing is okay, but the Bible says, no, it's really not okay. Um, culture, sometimes there's, there's little gray areas in there too. It's like, well, you know, it it won't hurt you, but will it or won't it? And that is really the question we have to ask ourselves in the discernment. Because when we go back and and I want to go back in time a little bit, because I want to bring this into the, into the spiritual realm, into the supernatural realm, because really this is where this battle belongs. This battle is about hearts, minds, and souls. This battle is, is, is where we, and that's where we need to take it for strength. Yeah. And and when I started looking at this episode and I mean, like I said, we we have gone and and juggled this thing around and, and thought about like, put a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work into it. Uh, but it all, I, I kept going back to the beginning, just the beginning, and, and, and this understanding of influence and how this influence can sit there and just disrupt our lives. Mm-hmm. And when I go back, and, and I'm just going to go almost all the way back, almost all the way back, and almost. then I'm going to hit it. Huh? I said almost. Almost. All the way back. And then I'm going to go all the way back. But uh, in Genesis 3, uh, 1 through 5, you know, the serpent comes on scene. So serpent being Satan, you know, the the one, the father of all lies, the one who wants to distract us, the one who wants to, to create divisions amongst us, the one who wants to create issues within ourselves, you know, right. dividing within ourselves. Now that one, go deep on that one. Because we do divide ourselves sometimes. Sometimes our battle, the worst battle we face is within ourselves. Right. Um, and he And what does Genesis say though? This serpent was cunning, like cunning more cunning than any other beast 
in the whole garden. So this is what we deal with on a daily basis, right? Um, and then, of course, what does Satan say to the woman? He says, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And she says this to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will die surely. At for, as for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Culture. Culture. I, I really see culture in this. I see this, this pre- presentation that, oh, look at this beautiful fruit. Look at all of this knowledge. Look at all of this, this information that you have. You're going to know good and you're going to know evil. And just once you eat of it, man, you're going to have this knowledge that God has. And, 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 and we all know what happened when she ate of that fruit. She didn't turn to to her husband. She didn't turn to God. She allowed this serpent to come into her mind, change her mind to what she was taught was truth, mm-hmm. and then conform to that change. Right. Um, go back even farther with with Satan. Uh, fallen angels, a third of them. He has been mixing. Being he's been in the mix right. for a long time, y'all. And we think, and we think, and I, and I truly believe this, I've lived the world, and we think that we can go out into culture, mingle with culture, adapt, adopt some of the culturistic ideas, and come out of this unscathed. And I, I, I have not been able to find anything that, that stands against the thought that, no, we can't, we can't stand against God, we, and we have to stand against some of the things we see in culture, or the things. Yeah, you know, when we That's were, a big bite, sorry. No, it's okay. I think I think we've been grappling. I mean, we we've recorded this episode multiple times and we just haven't been happy with it because it's such a big topic and there's so many different ways that you can go. And I think I have more notes on this episode than I've had on an episode <laughs> since like the first 3 we recorded when it was about Ruth. And uh you know, I take it back to this question, like, why would this episode be useful to you? Because we all mm. know to some degree that culture, we, we might d- disagree on like the, the level at which it's true, but we all know to some degree culture is sinful because it's of the world and anything of the world is dung without Christ, et cetera, right? So, I mean, we all understand there's there are things that aren't good about any culture and right. we're all exposed to the culture we're born into a culture we currently reside amidst a matrix of cultures right you might live in a place where it's mostly one uh you might live in a place like we do where there's so many intersecting ones that it's like a whole different type of way you know depending on who's walking across the street but the agreement is that god calls us to a whole separate way of being mm. Um, I'll call it kingdom culture, if you will, even though that even that term is used and defined in many different ways. The reason that this is useful is how do you discern what to do about it? Right. Because it's like, okay, I know this, but like, what do I do about it? And when I hear the term, depending on where I'm currently at. I think in one of three different ways, right? And I and it's kind of catchy because I took all these notes, but the ways I came out like defining it, you have the option to isolate, assimilate, or dominate. Mm. 
the culture at hand, right? right? So there's the idea of isolating, like don't fellowship with darkness, like it says in Ephesians 5.11. There's assimilate to varying degrees. Everyone will say that they have like a different measure than the person next to them of like, where's the line, right? But assimilating to be a light, you know, out of Matthew 5.16, and then dominate which goes back to that spiritual warfare idea mm. where you're seeing culture as at least in part inherently evil and it's deserving of declarations of judgment to defeat it. You got to shine a light on right. it. You got to expose the works of darkness. You don't, you can't let the gates of hell prosper, et cetera, et cetera. Right now, each of those is to a varying degree. Correct. Because all three have biblical verses to back them up. And I think one of the biggest things that I see in Christian culture at large, lumping all Christians in, there's the infighting on which is the most right. Right, 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 right. And what we're here to talk about today about counterculture and what that actually means is, okay, where are you sitting? Because there's a different time to be each one of these, Mm -hmm. given the situation God has placed you in depending on the varying degree of obedience you have for the Lord, your relationship with the Lord, all of these different things factor in. And so it's not that there's one that's more right than any of the others to be isolated. You polarize to that option and that's what you always are, right? You're not always the one shining light on sin because then you can quickly become everyone's Holy Spirit and forget about the plank in your own eye. Right. Right. And you're not really evangelizing. You're just, you fall into condemning. The assimilation, you can very quickly just fall into culture, make too many harmful compromises. Now you're confusing people because they don't see you any different than the world. So why would they go after Jesus at all? Um, And then isolating, it's like, okay, the Great Commission calls us to spread the gospel. So if you're isolating to that degree, what are you doing? And so it's the question that I came to is not to ask which of these is right, but to ask which of these am I doing right now? Which do I feel... I'm resonating most with and why am I resonating more with it because I feel more comfortable with it or is God leading me in this direction right now is my reasoning for being the one I am right now based on the flesh or on God intentions Mm. yeah the apostle Paul would come in and say I will be all things for all people and sometimes even that could be questioned. Right. People sit there and say, well, you know, he'll do anything. And no, I really believe that when we, we dissect that and we do it, you know, theologically, um, he knew cultures. He knew how to respond. You know, when I go to another country, I definitely know how to shake a hand. I know how to, how to be kind, how to approach and speak and say something to someone. I don't participate in their practices or their traditions, you know, but I come in. And again, you know, it's all in that like, what, where is the line? You know, cause that's what we're talking about here. Where do you make these decisions? Where do you take these right. things? Um, and not to confuse it, but it's like you walk in there and you have your, your godly standards. Yeah. You have your godly standards. Those have to be imprinted on your heart. They have to be printed on your, on your soul. I question this or not, and I might just get beat up on this. I don't know. But I even remember going to the Republic of Georgia and I'm not necessarily in agreement with all of the orthodoxy type of, of practices, but Friends of mine said, hey, let's go to the church. I wanted to go to church, you know, just kind of see what they do. You know, I'm, I, I was right. new to this. And, right. and, and you know, this was my earlier years. I don't know if I would do it the same thing now. But uh, I walk in there, you know, you hear it. You, you can feel there's like, you can feel the presence. You yeah. can feel the presence. Um, 
even in the most religious church or you know religious church, you'll feel the presence of God because God's there. I mean, God is always with us, around us, and maybe it was just me feeling it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I remember Barnabas's hat. Mm-hmm. They they had St. Barnabas's hat. I'm quoting, by the way. Because right. I don't know, honestly. If How would that, we know? Right. I, I don't know. The claim and, is. And the claim is this was St. Barnabas's yeah. hat. And they were like, wanting to put it on my head so and me praying to St. Barnabas. Now, at the time, I didn't know how to handle this. I was like, uh, <laughs> how do I? Okay. So I got down on my knees and they put this little hat on me that was St. Barnabas's and no offense to anyone out there, but uh, I prayed to God. I didn't pray to Barnabas. I just right. said, hey, God, I really appreciate the story of Barnabas. Right. Thanks <laughs> you know? for sending Barnabas. I, and, and was I right or wrong? I don't know. I made a decision at that moment. Would I do it the same today or not? No, I don't know. Right. But I know that the Apostle Paul would go in and and at least be able to fit in. Like, you know, sometimes, yeah. and, and I'll say this, sometimes Americans go to other countries and they try to make it America. Right. And, and, and that's not really the way I've ever succeeded in any of my travels in like 30 plus years with the army. I, I've always been able to just go in there kind of like a chameleon and, and, you know, just do enough to, to not offend, you know, in and certain not draw ways and not draw attention. Right. For and, the sake of a flag. Yeah. So now we do it for the sake of the gospel. Exactly. You know, we get opportunities to share this. So what I'm saying is, and, and, you know, we see it throughout the Bible. So, so, you know, Apostle Paul goes to Cyprus He's with Barnabas. He's with John Mark. It wasn't a very successful trip. You know, it was kind of, in fact, I think it burned John Mark a little bit because he left. It kind of made some bad, you know, burned some bridges with Paul. And what's cool, though, is even in that unproductiveness, they didn't just reject him and say, okay, forget him. Mm -hmm. Forget him. No, eventually when it comes back to it, Barnabas and John Mark go back to Cyprus. Mm-hmm. You know, when John Mark gets it together and he's like, I want to do this. And Barnabas yeah. stands up for him. Yes. And Paul's like, oh, and Barnabas, I'm, we're going. Right. Well, they went to Cyprus, a place that wasn't fruitful. So we're not saying to isolate. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like on that isolation. And, and a lot of those work yeah. in there in, in that whole thing. But we have to really watch mm-hmm. and, 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 and understand what's godly practice and what's not. Yeah. Um, first John two fifteen. it's like, do not love the world or the things in the world. I think that is a bold statement mm-hmm. because I think in that statement, what we're really talking about is at what I, okay. If you, do, if you're doing something, are you willing to give it up? If God says, give it up. Right. You exactly. see what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, or do you have this love for, for that more than you have love for what God is like, Hey, maybe you need to take a step back from that. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him makes sense because you're making choices that are your self-driven choices, not godly driven choices. Right. Um, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. <laughs> See, lust of the flesh, love the lust of the eyes. It's like, you could stop there, but that's just the pride of life in your head. That's everyone. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely everyone is not of the father, but of this world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. We, myself included, put a lot of our time and efforts into what's passing away when we could be putting more of them into what lasts forever. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that everyone is countercultural to something, right? right? There's no one that's not being countercultural to something because both worldly cultures clash with one another. And also if you're operating at all the way God wants you, just merely having the Holy Spirit in you makes you counterculture because you're now an enemy mm. to the worldly system. Even right. if people don't notice it outright, you're factually an enemy because of the principalities that mm. rule this world. 
and all the verses that list that you're either on Satan's team or God's team. There's really no, I haven't made a decision yet. Mm -mm. You're kind of by default on Satan's team. Doesn't say you're wholeheartedly a cheerleader for that team. It says you're just default there till you choose Jesus. That's pretty much it, right? It's not like a personal insult. It's just a fact. And so when you think about that, it's about trying to be focused on what God wants you to be focused on. And a lot of us, when you hear this, you might feel convicted to, I got to do better. I got to do better. And then the trap becomes you start striving in yourself instead of chasing after Christ. Because Christ is in the business of doing the heart, mind, and soul work. Mm. He wants to change you from the inside so that you show differently on the outside. We very often, I mean, we just don't know ourselves as well as God knows us. We don't understand all the intricacies of why we are the way that we are. So we, even if we're meaning well, even if we have good intentions, we try to fix ourselves from the outside in. We start looking at the behaviors. Maybe we ask, why are we doing those behaviors? And we try to change our mind about the thing that's causing the behaviors. Or we try to just hold on really tight and not let that behavior get out again. But we're still the same until we allow God to change us. Mm. And so what I see often, because I, I didn't realize how many extremists there are in all three camps. <laughs> so I started like exploring the internet yeah, yeah. and realizing that there are people that are so passionate in all three camps, like hardcore, no negotiation. This is the way, if you are not doing it this way, you are probably not saved or you're not living like Christ or you're pretty much helping the enemy out, right? Like very extreme. So no matter where you're landing, there's a voice out there that's going to be countercultural saying, like trying to condemn you for whatever mm. you're doing. So what is more important, to try and become like a kingdom culture person and adopt kingdom culture? No, because it's the same as the whitewashed tombs. If you just want to adopt Christian culture, it's no different than adopting any other culture. You might glean and benefit from the life-giving components of the culture, but there's two things. One, your eyes aren't fixated on Christ and the relationship that's built with him that changes you. Mm. You're focused on acting like a Christian, and that will already get you like you're, you're shooting at the wrong target. And then on top of that, if you're trying to have the kingdom culture, well, who defines kingdom culture? The Bible, but how do you see it walked out? Through people. People are imperfect. And the church, depending on where you are in the world, what denomination you're in, who you are around, you're going to see an entirely different reflection of what kingdom culture right, is. Right. Because the truth is God saying you don't need to follow a culture. Mm. It's going to manifest out of right. you. But you don't need to try to find it. Just if you try to devour my word, mm. the inevitable outcome, you are what you eat. We had an entire season about this. You are what you eat. If you consume the word of right. God, you will manifest and love like he loves because he mm. says in his word that they will know you by your love of one another, not by the awesome Christian shirts you wear, not because you blast Christian music in your car instead of top 40, <laughs> not because of the book you carry on the Metro. It's going to be how you love one another. Mm. And that's the key because when you love one another, there will be a time to isolate, withdraw, maybe no longer associate with certain people or behaviors or events. There will be a time to lean in and, you know, reach a handout, even if it requires you to engage with people who are so different 
And there will be a time to rise up and speak with authority that mm. that is a lie from the enemy and you don't have to have any other explanation. You just have to say that is a lie. There's a time for all of it. Right. How many times have we sat there in a situation and, and you've done wrong, like right. you've done wrong. And yeah. then people around you are like, no, nah, no, nah, man, it, it, you know, it's okay because yeah. they treated you this way or this way. You yeah, know? And, and 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 they justify this, yeah. this the way you acted. It's like, no, you're fine, you're good. And and in my head, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. But I didn't please God. Exactly. That's I didn't please point. God. And I, I think this um, idea when we start talking about like cultures, I love the kingdom culture point. There, yeah. it's like kingdom culture, kingdom citizen. Right. Uh, you know, I say it's like it's like, do we adapt this hardcore? Uh, you know, because yeah. I mean, I feel like when we start adding, it's like as a citizen of the kingdom, it's like then I start thinking of myself as the ambassador. Mm-hmm. And when you think of ambassadors and you think of it in a worldly sense, these these guys don't blow up. They go in. They're very peaceful. They're very calm. They represent their countries. I mean, it's amazing when you meet an ambassador. In fact, sometimes I'm like, dude, you need to blow up. See again, mm-hmm. and then, but maybe no. You know, that's that's not pleasing. God, right? Yeah. And but as his ambassadors, his children, and all of the titles that come with it. Right. It's just a beautiful thing. But you know, when I stand in this opposition to God, when I don't, when I don't, you know, when I don't stay away from the ideas of culture, mm-hmm. you know, the influences of culture, I actually feel it. Mm-hmm. I can, I mean, it's something that just impacts my life and it's like a struggle to come back. It's like <gasps> like, yeah. okay, so like I'm saying, you know. I had a little incident with one of my bosses and <laughs> I kind of got a little bit bent out and everybody's like, dude, he deserved it. He, but in my heart, I was like, no, he didn't deserve this. Right. Not because culture says it's okay or people right. around me say it's okay, but because God says it's not okay. Mm-hmm. That's not the way I had to act. So I had to go and, and, and please God by, you know, repenting. And of course, you know, he's like, no, nah, you're good. You know, I, I understand. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Yeah. That That's not how I am told to respond and I need to be here and tell you I'm sorry. And you know, when we think about this, that opposition, uh, Romans eight, I love Romans, <laughs> six, Romans seven, eight eight, but so I just good. love Romans. But, but yeah. so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Mm-hmm. Amazing. If I would have just been calm that day. Right. Mm-hmm. But it took me all out of sorts. Right. But no, we find peace when we're in his, in his spirit, right? For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Always, mm-hmm. always, if it's against God, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, then it's hostile towards God. Mm-hmm. It never it, it never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Yeah. I don't want to be there. Right. I mean, I'm <laughs> in perfect shape. Mm-hmm. Gets there, yeah. But in my my heart and my soul, I, I fight it every day, and I and I feel the 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 pain and the anguish that it causes me. And it's like you know, coming to repentance is not always the easiest thing. It's it, the most healing thing in the world, though. Yes, the most healing thing in the world. And when I get to that point, it's just like, okay, I need to watch and be observant mm-hmm. to what's going around outside of my heart and soul and mind you know like what is culture doing around me what am i participating in Mm -hmm. that's not pleasing to god yeah because you know the reason we're not going into like super specific examples is because he works in each of us differently but there's always something he wants to prune there i'm going jump from analogy to analogy here because it's so amazing how he shows us but he prunes us and 
he knows based on who you are specifically what needs to go now and what needs to go later. And he's worked it all in. <laughs> we need to understand that he knows how absolutely everything works. And not just how it works, but how it's going to turn out for every specific individual. Whereas we don't know everything. We just don't. You could be, you could have five PhDs and be listening. You still don't know everything. And most of what you know is still just a theory on our plane because we haven't run it by God to confirm it. And so you don't know the effect that anything is having on you. You don't know what theory, no matter how well received or outlandish it sounds, is actually true when it comes to things like our soul and our ability mm. to absorb. There is spiritual warfare we do not see going on. There, Demons and angels are real. We know this. And we yet we do not see them. But they're always doing something. There are things we don't see. We do not know the effect that our consumption of anything causes. We do not know the effects aside from what God promises us in his word is true. And we know that what he says is that what comes out of us is what defiles a man. We don't need to worry about what goes in as much as what comes out. And it's not to say that that's a license to do whatever you want, expose yourself to whatever you want. But it's saying that he is more interested in what you contribute to culture and that is where our interest must lie. And then by focusing on what our what we're contributing, what we're putting out, like I I mentioned, um, like be a bean, right? Like you know, contribute to any soil you're in, so something right. else can grow there next. Right. Like be a bean. So when you focus on what you are putting out, that means okay, how can I ensure I put out the best? I have to go to the word. What's the word going to do? Transform me. And so that I put out more good. What's that going to do? It's going to require me to take in different mm, things right. in our body, in our nourishment. Like as a, as a woman who has been pregnant, I can tell you that your body starts craving things based on what you're lacking. I've also read that people that have been like uh, shipwrecked and stuff, their body starts craving like the eyes of fish because the nutrients they needed the most were in the eyes of the fish. You can say that's Holy Spirit or survival instinct or whatever, but it's something that you don't inherently know, but your body is just like, no, you need this. You need this vitamin, so crave these pickles. You need this thing, crave carrots, you know, whatever. So you start craving what is needed to export what you need, mm -hmm. right? So you will start to want different things from what is available to you, and you'll start rejecting other things. Yeast overgrowth. Right. This is where I'm going right. to kind of land. Yeast overgrowth makes you crave sugar. Right. And you can't tell the difference between the yeast saying you want sugar and your own self saying you want sugar. You just want sugar, so you start eating it. Mm. And so when you start consuming the sugar, you can only export pretty much trash, right? right? Because a sugar ain't the point. But when you get rid of that overgrowth, which also causes a lot of bad symptoms, and it's almost like you regret doing the good thing to get rid of it because there's so many bad symptoms that come from it dying off inside of you. That's a whole other analogy. But <laughs> when you are... Um, done cleansing yourself of a yeast overgrowth, you now no longer crave all this toxic sugar. You instead crave healthy foods again. And that's what the word of God does. It clears out what doesn't need to be there. And then what you enjoy still is a reflection more mm, than it was last right. time of what God wants in you. You know, And I think you had a great analogy in one of our previous attempts at recording this episode about music. Right. That we both attest to like at different times in our walk, worldly music with its very scornful, sinful lyrics. Like it didn't matter how super catchy and addicting the tune was. 
we started listening to the words right. and those words no longer nourished us on a level we needed it what we no longer craved that and you we know, there was yeah it, i'm gonna go there for one second there was yeah. a song that I, just rolls through my head every once in a while still yes say something or i'm giving up on you it's like yeah. yo say something or i'm giving up like that like, where is I, that I, in I, and the I gospel and i this song like it was like the coolest thing ever to sing and and really when i started thinking about it's it like wearing me down but i think the analogy is when i was listening to hip hop yes. and it's like i i build i build stereos like no one's business and i can make those things just sound like perfect on every level from highs mids to lows and i used to build them and i'm sitting there listening to like probably i think it was snoop or like dr something. dre something yeah. but it didn't have a lot of beautiful language in it <laughs> In the life-giving words and, and were I'm not in, present, I'm in the car yeah. like, dun, dun. If you guys don't see me, I'm just like bouncing right now like, dun, dun. And, and all my windows are down because, you know, why do you build those systems? So everyone can hear it. Right. And I look over and there's a, a probably two-year-old. And she's looking at me and she's like, and she's smiling at me and like, yeah, I Pumping hear that. And I'm just hearing these F-bombs and these S-bombs. And honestly, this is before Christ, like before I actually submitted into Christ. Mm-hmm. Not knowing, I knew Christ. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. But, uh, but I looked over and... I'm like, wow, look at the influence right. that I'm I'm having on this young child's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, to her, she's like, Oh, he's he's the coolest. Listen to that. And so I'm 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 putting into her mind that this is okay. And I'm telling you, from that day forward, I still listened, mm-hmm. but it was really quiet in the car. Right. Or or I'd get on there an open road, or I'd get on like impact, this open road, yeah. you know, like with nothing and then just open it or yeah. and, and it was a level of impact. And it's so important. To be representative of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, when we start to look like everything else. Mm-hmm. We confuse the world. We confuse the world. You know, I, I think I said that about, about culture coming into the church. When we allow culture into the church, now we start to confuse the church. Um, because now things that weren't, weren't okay or, or are not okay with God are okay or, you know, vice versa. It's just, it's just a big mess. It's a big jumble. But you know, when I say that, a big mess, a big jumble, a bunch of division, a bunch of distortion, a bunch of distractions, Satan. That's, sound, that's literally that, that's, him. That's Satan. Um, I think in, in, as, I, as I grow, I'm learning to step back from these these individual things and just see like, okay, is this this of God or is this of Satan? Right. And it's made my life a little easier in the spiritual battle because that's where we need to be because, you know, um, there's a time coming when people won't listen to sound doctrine or wholesome teaching, right? They're going to follow their own desires. Mm-hmm. They're going to look for teachers who will watch this, tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And I think that we need to stand firm. Um, they're going to reject truths and chase after myths. I mean, this is all from Second Timothy mm-hmm. uh, 4, verses 3 and 4. And then he says, go out and preach the word of God. And I think that that's where we're at. It's like, okay, I understand, you know, the movies and, and all of these things. But I'm telling you, when we started cutting some of those things out of our lives, it allowed us to, watch this, garner friendships. Mm-hmm. Like with people and, and, and start building other relationships and, and being able to be start there for podcast. people. Yeah, start a podcast. <laughs> start Start things that will be beneficial to people, challenging to people, or even just loving to people. Because, you know, yeah. this is from a position of love. And it says, be, pre- be prepared. I, I, I jumped to verse two, by the way, y'all. <laughs> be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Yeah. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. I mean, he's telling people how to teach, but we're all ministers. We're all sharing the gospel. But I like verse five. Um, 
out of all this because I'm jumping around through second tune because I just think it works really. It's just beautiful that way. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. That's it. Mm-hmm. Be thinking. Um, one of the, the best things to do is be kind of reserved in a way. Don't just act out. Don't just do. But be very reserved. There's things that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a, man, let's do it. And then I do research on it, right? Or mm-hmm. I start to dig into it. I start to be prayerful on it. Mm-hmm. And God's like, maybe that's not the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because we need to be hearing the Holy Spirit. So it's like that clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Mm-hmm. This is our ministry. Yeah. God is our ministry. Um, the world, like me or not, I, I try to be as peaceful and loving and, and gentle as I can. Mm-hmm. But the message of the gospel is going to wreck some people. It wrecks me. Yeah. It wrecks me daily. Yeah. I open the Bible. I'm like, oh, wow. I need to, I need to adjust. Right. Because he's sifting. Right. Like the world's guaranteed to hate us yeah. if we're like Christ. The more we're like Christ, the more the world hates us. Right. It's a guarantee. And one thing for us to always remember, because I love what you were saying about making sure that you're not letting your pursuits of ear tickling and, you mm. know, get you. And in Mark 1 7, it starts this passage where Jesus and the disciples get caught by the Pharisees <laughs> eating without washing their hands first. And what they had done is they had taken a commandment of men and turned it into a doctrine. Mm. And often we see that as something that we think morally, given the time and generation we're in, something that we morally see is right, we, be, we turn it into a doctrine. And the danger of working in reverse, starting with us and going to God instead of starting with God and letting him influence us, is we all miss a nuance. Right. And so now we've perverted it, even though it's good intentions, it's not God intentions. We've missed a nuance. We've missed something. And yet that's what's going to go forward into the next generation. Mm. And (laughs) that is how each generation weakens in a certain way. And of course, at the same time, God's faithful to finish the work in all of us. That's why you don't need to sit and checkbox. What do I need to purge today? You need to just go to God. He'll take care of it. He changes you so you no longer desire it. So it's not a torture to get rid of these things. It's like a treat to annihilate these things from your life because he is doing the work. You're not trying to force everything and force yourself into a box. Um, You're growing into who he wants you to be in Christ. And so um, the, the other verse from that little section that's so powerful that, I, that is like a warning to all of us is all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. Mm. And <laughs> we need to right. always, just because you're young, just because you're old in the church or in the faith, God still uses you and he still has the Holy Spirit in you and there's discernment in you. And so if you go into a situation amongst believers where something seems wrong, I would say, if it seems wrong, go to the word first. Don't just say, this seems wrong to me based on my feelings. So now I'm going to say something. But go to the word. We have phones now. It's it, You don't even have to leave the room. Go to the word and see what it says. And then if you have been, if you've realized that there is something, a tradition of men that is dominating the discussion or the attention of the body of Christ, do not feel like you don't have the stature 
or the correct age group or the right ethnic group right. or the right nationality or the right number of degrees on a wall that you can't say anything right. because we're called to sharpen one another. That's right. And he uses the fact maybe you're new to the faith and it seems wrong because you're new. You're not used to these weird traditions that have been incorporated in that aren't of Christ or you're old and you're seeing all these new people forcing in something that is not of God. They're bringing in and trying to turn in the doctrine a man-made idea. Right. That's and awesome. so it's so important. Yeah. And that's how you're countercultural, right. even within right. the church. And, and, and that comes down to praying for discernment and wisdom because sometimes it's something God's working in you and he's not yet done in that yet. <clears throat> and it's not your turn right. to share it outward yet. Sometimes he's like, no, this is for everybody. Right, right. That whole counter. Mm-hmm. There you go. Leave out the culture. Counter. Yeah. Counter. Uh, counter, 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 counter. Um, don't do it self-righteously, y'all. No. Let God guide guide you in everything. As a deer panteth for the water, oh, my soul panteth after you, O oh Lord. Mm. That is a good position to be in, y'all. Like she was saying, the more we dig in to the word, the, the word, you know, we, we, we say that and people go, oh, my Bible. No, the more you dig into Christ, the deeper you let him into you. The more you pant for that spiritual nutrition, that water, the more you tra- you you pant for that good in- God intention. Sorry, that God intention, not the good intentions. The more He transforms you. We could sit here all day, like she said, check the box. No, look, chase after God. Do not let your minds be transformed or conformed by this world, but be transformed mm-hmm. by God. He does the work. We just have to be available, y'all. So as we think about this counterculture as Christians, we might as well learn it now because we know the road that's coming. We know that road to revelation that's coming. And we need to be bold, but not in ourselves, but in the spirit. So as we go out there this week, as we go out, you know, in the next months, Mm -hmm. just recognize sometimes you can just recognize things when you know the 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 tabbing the triggers or the or the or the how do how do we say it in the army <laughs> so like 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 you might be completely blind but when you know the techniques of the enemy there we go mm-hmm. you start to see things yeah. that you normally wouldn't see so let god work on that let god work in you on that and man look we're going to get through this we're going to be bold beautiful loving grace-filled truth-bearing christians that just keep ushering in God into all of our situations. Amen. Amen. See, we need to re-record this like six times. <laughs> this was awesome. Um, so yeah. for everybody listening, remember to pass this episode on to anyone that you think would really, really benefit yes. from it right now. We always re- appreciate reviews. Those bless us and help us be visible to other people. And you can always check out more at thepantrypodcast.com. So until next time. Bye. Bye. so good.